Hey, my name is Pam Smythe, and I work at CMDA. Several years ago, I heard on the radio that Best Christian Workplaces had recognized CMDA as the best Christian place to work in its category. I remember thinking how I'd love to work there. Amazingly, God did lead me to CMDA, and I truly love being a part of this organization. I work in the Campus and Community Ministries Department, and one of the things I love doing is connecting Christian students, residents, fellows, and professionals with each other. If you feel like you're the only Christian in healthcare, we want you to know that you are not alone. CMDA wants to encourage and equip you for the challenges you face in healthcare. Thank you for giving to CMDA so we can continue to serve and support you as you seek to glorify God in your vocation. Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp, and you are listening to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Before I introduce my guests today, I want to start out by saying thank you to everyone who is generously responding to our year-end giving campaign goal of $655,000. While we have received many gifts, we still have a little way to go to reach this stretch goal, you might call it. With the generosity of many, we achieved the $100,000 matching gift this last week, and we've reached just under $250,000 toward our $655,000 year-end goal. Well, as a faith ministry, your CMDA depends on the generosity of many in order to bring the hope and healing of Christ to our world. Ministries like Global Health Outreach, Campus and Community Ministries, as well as our advocacy ministry, which is contending and defending the practice of conscientious medicine, they cannot have the impact they are having without your financial partnership. When you give, friends, you are stepping up to inspire and transform lives for Christ. Would you take a minute and visit cmda.org slash give in order to give your gift online Or you can contact us at 888-230-2637 or just email our stewardship department using stewardship at cmda.org. I think it's fitting that today's episode actually features two young physicians whose lives have been impacted, inspired, and transformed by God through CMDA. Their stories are such great testimonies about how God is He's making a difference in the lives of the next generation of healthcare professionals who love Jesus supremely. Would you join me as I sit down for a really fun and encouraging interview with Dr. Jake Morris and Dr. Katie Howe. Well, today on CMDA Matters, I have a couple of former board members, and they served on our board of trustees, both as resident trustees. So I welcome today Dr. Jake Morris, uh, emergency medicine physician, and Dr. Katie Howe, uh, who's a general surgeon like me, and both have been accepted with Samaritan's Purse as post-residency program fellows, uh, Jake heading to Papua New Guinea here in the next few months, and Dr. Katie Howe 
headed for Niger and what I call Balmy Galmy Hospital there in Sub-Saharan Africa. So welcome today, Jake and Katie. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. We'll just, just get started by asking a very basic but fundamental and eternal question. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. How did you decide to follow Christ and how has becoming a physician impacted, influenced your faith walk? Just a little bit about myself. I am a 33-year-old emergency physician. I'm a father of six children, which is incredible still to me. I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and we thought we were done. And earlier this year, we're unexpectedly blessed with the surprise infant <laughs> twins. So we have, uh, my wife and I have six kids. I grew up in Plymouth, Minnesota, and I did not grow up in a home that was centered on Christ. We went to church on Christmas and Easter, but Christ was not central in my upbringing. Interestingly, I did have some spiritual legacy. My grandfather and grandmother were Baptist missionaries to Japan. My mm. mom grew up on the mission field in Japan, and she always wanted us to go to church and, and to be more involved, but we just weren't as my sister and I, when we were being raised as kids, had a good home, had a good upbringing, had our typical kind of family issues. And I remember as a kid, just wondering, why am I here? What's the purpose of life? What's all this made for? And I didn't know the Lord, but sometimes at night I would pray and I would say, God, if you're real, if you're real, I pray that you would reveal yourself to me. And if you're real, I pray that you would help me to do what I'm supposed to do in life and make me a tool to use for your glory. I don't know why I prayed that prayer, but I did. And I had all the typical kind of wanderings of a high school kid of thinking I'd find identity in girls and in partying and in achievement. And I went off to college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I remember my freshman year, someone handed me a survey and the survey said, how interested are you in having God be part of your college experience? And I circled four out of 10, four out of 10 interested in having God be part of my college experience. And a few weeks later, I got a knock on my dorm room door and there was a gentleman. I opened up the door. He was a senior at the university, tall guy, athletic, charismatic, awesome dude. And he said, Hey, I'm leading a Bible study in your dorm. We chatted for a while. He invited me to a Bible study. I had never been part of a Bible study before, but because I really connected with him, I started attending a Bible study, and this was through Crew or Campus Crusade for Christ, which I later found out. Um, that's where I had filled out the survey was a Crew welcome survey. I knew nothing about Crew at the time, but that started my journey of starting to learn about Jesus and to realize that, wow, I've been looking for joy in all of these other places and girls and partying, all these things. And here is a different path. So I started learning about faith. I started learning about the Lord. And I was attending Bible studies on Wednesday night. And I was partying on Friday night and Saturday night. And second semester of my freshman year, I was sitting in a potbelly restaurant reading the book, Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Mm -hmm. And about 30 pages in, he said something that changed my life. He said that if God is real and he created us to bring him glory, he would make us in such a way that we experience the most joy in life when we fulfill our purpose of bringing him glory. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. Uh -huh, and God. so I broke down in tears in the Potbelly restaurant. Everybody thought I was probably strange, uh, but I gave my life to the Lord. And I said, all right, I'm done drinking. I'm done partying. I'm done trying to find joy my own way. 
and he began this wonderful adventure that I've been on for the last almost 15 years now of following him. Wow, the Pop Belly restaurant became a very holy, sacred place in your life. Katie? I still like Pop Belly. <laughs> Katie, tell us about your testimony. Sure. I grew up in a household where we absolutely love the Lord. My parents are very strong Christians, and they raised us with the expectation that we were going to be part of church community and that we were going to engage with Jesus, with our hearts and our minds. I'm very grateful to have grown up in that house. When I was six years old, a missionary was home on furlough visiting our church and spoke with our children's church class. And I remember him presenting the gospel message in easy to understand pictures. He said we could stay after to pray to receive Jesus in our hearts. And I did that. He told my parents that I was sincere that I expressed good understanding in what I was doing. And later on, my mom would tell me that she knew my faith was real because I was going around the neighborhood telling the neighbors that I had Jesus in my heart. And she took that as evidence of my delight. Future missionary um, right there. <laughs> started young. And, you know, for me, my, my faith as a young person was very legalistic. I was definitely a little Pharisee, but... Uh, the Lord grew me in that over my teenage years. How has becoming a physician impacted that faith walk? I had this very vivid memory in college of staying up late uh, in Perkins Library at Duke, studying organic chemistry, and walking out of the library. It was very clear. It was a very cool night, even uh, for Durham, North Carolina. And I was walking across the quad and I just felt so happy. I remember thinking that as I studied creation, it was like an act of worship mm. and that I was learning more about my creator just by studying organic chemistry. That's been a great delight in my training as a physician to understand better and better the creator as I spend more time admiring his work. For me personally, becoming a physician was very hard. I would say I'm not naturally gifted in science. And so uh, med school was a time of failure. I jokingly started calling myself the failure consultant. I completely <laughs> fainted on the first day of anatomy, just hit the floor. I scored very poorly on med school exams and on my step one and step two licensing exams. And I was advised to apply for a less competitive specialty. But the Lord really called to mind the story of Gideon, the story of the boy with five loaves and two fish. And I applied for general surgery and matched. I think that in my particular case, I'm a surgeon because God chose the weak and the foolish to shame the strong and the wise. So for me, training to be a physician has also trained me to boast in my weakness. Well, when did each one of you get involved in CMDA along the path? Jake, uh, when did that get started? And you probably had no idea that you'd end up on the board when you got started. No, I didn't. When I was in college, I didn't know a lot about the CMDA. And I went to medical school at the Mayo Clinic. And one of my wife and I's prayers was that we would find community. And one of our first gatherings of the Mayo Clinic class that I was going to be part of, 
I was just praying that God would help me to meet another believer. And I met someone named Dan Joyce, who was part of my medical school class, just a wonderful guy that loved the Lord. And we immediately connected and and we said, well, why don't we start a Bible study for our classmates? And so my wife and I and Dan and a couple other people started a Bible study in our home and the Lord blessed that. And we met every Wednesday night and just had this rich time of fellowship and community. And I started to get connected with Alan Harmer, who was the Midwest director for CMDA. He reached out and he came up and he visited us and he came to the Bible study in our home and started to say, well, how can we integrate this Bible study with the CMDA and look at all of these resources that the CMDA has to offer? And he encouraged me to apply to go to the summer national conference for the CMDA. And I went there my first year on a scholarship through the CMDA, and I was just blown away. I had no idea that I was going to show up and find four or 500 other medical professionals who are just sold out for the Lord, mm. seeking him with all their heart. And I felt at home. I was like, oh man, this is my tribe of people. <laughs> and I left so uplifted and so encouraged that I came back and I told my wife, I said, this is something that I need to do every year. Every year I need to go and just have this wind in my sails and have the correction, the course correction of my ship just nudged again a little bit to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, and so that's how I first got connected with the CMDA when I was a first year medical student and went to the national convention. So Katie, how about you? I mean, you ended up becoming kind of head of our resident fellow uh, program. Uh, when did you get started on this uh, journey? I found out about CMDA as a first year med student. LSU had a student activities fair and there was a booth set up for CMDA. I said, I didn't know there were other Christians here. So I joined there really weren't any upperclassmen involved at that particular time. So as a first-year med student, I became a co-leader of our women's Bible study. Over time, we also started having an evening Bible study, which we called Tuesday Night Fellowship or TNF, because we were also learning about tumor necrosis factor. <laughs> and uh, LSU and Tulane used to carpool up to Louisville, Kentucky for the Global Missions Health Conference every year. So I was able to attend the GMHC my first three years of med school, as well as a winter retreat with both med schools in Alabama, uh, both uh, UAB and USA. So I began to get engaged locally and regionally, but really yearned for mentorship, in particular mentorship from Christian women, which was something that I lacked locally and even regionally. So uh, our regional director at the time was Will Gunnels, and he encouraged me to get involved in CMDA nationally, which is how I came to attend the Women Physicians and Dennis in Christ Conference, which was in Philadelphia the first year I went. And I also applied to become a student representative to the House of Representatives from the Southern region. So I attended my first national convention as a student rep. And I met Jake that year in 2015. That was my first NatCon and have remained uh, nationally engaged ever since, later on becoming the chair of the National Resident and Fellow Community of CMDA. Certainly for me, as I think about 
why students and residents should be involved in CMDA. I think about the local engagement, the fellowship that it provides, the encouragement and exhortation that it provides those involved. But for me nationally, the real asset has been mentorship. There just aren't that many Christian women surgeons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it is very hard to be what you can't see. And I count myself very fortunate to have found mentors through CMDA who aren't all surgeons, but some of them are, who aren't all women, but some of them are, but who all love Jesus and that guides the way that they practice as physicians. I would just also mention the tremendous number of spiritual and ethical formation resources that are available in CMDA for students and residents many of whom do not have access to those kinds of applied truths where they are. And it's very important to be able to plug into CMDA resources when we're training to become physicians. Wow. Very convincing. Thank you, Katie. Jake, anything to add uh, to that? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So I echo everything that Katie says, and I'll just put in that you're probably realizing, but Katie's just hilarious. She's just this awesome human being. And I remember back in 2015, when I first met Katie, she brought a banana suit to the national convention, just thinking that there may be a time at the national convention where it would be perfectly appropriate for her to wear a banana suit, a full banana suit. (laughs) She certainly found that occasion and that opportunity. So Katie's just been making, uh, and, making and she's me a fire breather. We were just years. we were just discussing. She actually breathes fire for uh, just for fun. What an incredible woman! Fire breathing has become a bit of a ministry. <laughs> I have breathed fire at the Global Missions Health Conference at the Alabama Winter Retreat, as well as at National Convention, and it's a way to get people together and pay attention. Yeah. You betcha. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> Katie's awesome. So one of the things that I think is so wonderful about the CMDA is that deep community. And when you're a medical student, and especially when you're a resident, there are a lot of peers who are just looking forward to that typical American dream life that you can achieve as a physician or a dentist. They're looking forward to finishing. They're looking forward to having a big income, to buying a house, to getting a nice car, to vacations, to all of these things that are so alluring. And that's, they're alluring to me as I remember struggling that with residency of just, oh, you know, look at all the things that could potentially happen when I finish and I get a job. And to be part of a community that says those things are all secondary matters, that the purpose of life, the purpose of being a doctor is to glorify God and to serve others. And what a blessing it is to be able to come together with like-minded people who remind you of that and remind you that there are alternatives to the American dream, which are much more gratifying. And I remember that first national convention I went to, there was a big bookstore at the national convention and I was walking around the bookstore and I was just browsing and I was picking up books. And I picked up this book about a missionary surgeon in Zambia and I was flipping through it. And all of a sudden this old man tapped me on the shoulder and he said, oh, I wouldn't get that book. <laughs> and I turn over and, and I it look was, around. It was probably Jim, it's Jim Doc, Foltz. Jim Foltz, yep. Dr. Jim Foltz, who wrote the book. And there's just this curled up, hunched up, sweet old man 
who just with a gleam in his eyes starts to tell me stories about his life as a missionary surgeon in Zambia, telling me stories about avoiding get, getting trampled by elephants while he's trying to hunt big game to provide food for the hospital. And he just regaled me for a half hour with these incredible stories. And I thought, wow, this is the life. What an adventure. What a way to serve and honor God that's vastly superior to thinking what's in it for me and what can I get out of being a doctor in the American dream. And so that community is so vitally important. Get to meet people like Katie and have wonderful mentors. So Jake, you're preparing to go to P&G. What are the aspects of life and work and ministry there uh, in Papua New Guinea at Kujip Hospital that you're really excited about right now? So we, uh, we are looking forward to moving there. I've never been to Papua New Guinea before. So the first time I'll be there is when we're moving a family of eight and six young kids to the highlands of Papua New Guinea up in the jungle. And so that'll be interesting. We're looking forward to a lot. We're not looking forward to the like two and a half or three days of travel with all of our bags to get there with all the kids. I, I, I know that'll be a, a <laughs> that'll be less than fun, but one of the things that I'm really looking forward to about going to Papua New Guinea is the just the ability to integrate my calling as a physician and my calling as a follower of Jesus. Back in 2018, our family, when I was a resident, was able to go down and spend a month at Tenwick Hospital. And that was my first time as a doctor doing overseas missions. And there was a morning that has profoundly affected me to this day of when we were serving at Tenwick. And I'm an emergency room doctor in at Tenwick. There was a little 10 bed casualty emergency room. And one morning I went in there and all of the nurses and clinical officers to start the day before rounds, they opened up a hymn book. They sang hymns right in the center of the emergency department. And then they went around and prayed for every patient by name. Mm. And that was a daily activity I learned as part of the emergency department. And it was so beautiful. And I really am looking forward to being able to experience that sense of where everyone on the medical team has that same vision of caring for people physically so that we can care for them spiritually. And it's been a blessing to get to do that at my hospital on my own, where I can pray and ask God to open up doors by the spirit to pray for patients and to have conversations with them. And that's so critical. That's so important. Physicians are needed. Godly Christian physicians are needed in every setting and situation and in secular medicine. That is so important. So, so important. But it's really beautiful when everyone on the team is rowing the boat in the same direction and has that same vision. And that I think is one of the blessings of missionary medicine. The time is going to come, Jake, when you're going to be tempted to shortcut that. I just want to encourage your brother not to shortcut and leave that out because things get so busy. The schedule, it's tough to fit everything in, but I love the vision and I uh, hope you can transport that to PNG if it's not already there. Katie, how about for you? What's on the horizon after language training in Switzerland? What's, uh, what's, what are you looking forward to when you finally land at Galmi Hospital in Niger? I would say as I think about getting out there, I know that at first my main job is going to be to learn. So I'm looking forward to learning how to do some familiar operations in new ways and also looking forward to 
learning how to do new operations for me. I'm also looking forward to learning how to worship God in new and different ways uh, with my new brothers and sisters. I think that's something that I've appreciated being a minority in church in the United States for the last 14 years. And it's something I look forward to being able to continue to do in a new setting. I think as someone who used to be a public school teacher, I'm excited about opportunities for teaching that will come down the line, specifically working with PAX surgery residents, as well as OR staff and nurses. And I'm a social being, an extrovert in the extreme. So I'm looking forward to sharing life with people that are new to me and learning from them, whether that's cooking or singing, talking about soccer, studying the Bible with women. Those are all things that I get excited about and I'm looking forward to doing them at Galmi. I want to leave you both with a scripture that I sometimes close the interview with, but especially seems appropriate today. From 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. So we keep on praying uh, here in Bristol and across CMDA. We keep on praying, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. And then the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be honored because of the way you live, and I would add serve, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ, and in his name, I pray for both of you today. Amen. Amen. Have you registered yet for the 2023 CMDA National Convention? Time is ticking away, and you don't want to miss your chance to reserve your spot. This year, we are gathering together in the Cincinnati, Ohio area at the Northern Kentucky Convention Center on April 27th through 30th. This convention provides great opportunities to learn about current health and social issues, renew your faith through worship, and network with other Christian healthcare professionals and exhibiting organizations. Don't wait. Visit natcon.cmda.org to register today. I think the next time I want to promote the CMDA National Convention, I'm going to ask Katie and Jake to come back and do it for me. The impact the National Convention has made on their lives is inspiring to me. If you've never attended a National Convention before, I hope that hearing Jake talk about how he told his wife that he needs to attend each and every single year will prompt you, friends, to follow in his footsteps and register for the 2023 convention. I promise that you won't regret it. As Jamie told us, you can register online now by going to natcon.cmda.org. Over the next few months, will you join me in praying for Katie and for Jake and his family? As they each prepare to serve as long-term missionaries overseas, let's join together as the family of God, the body of Christ, and lift them up before God's throne. And as you pray on their behalf, I hope that God will reveal the path of kingdom service that he prepared in advance for you in healthcare. If you are already sensing such a call on your life, then I have a few suggestions for ways that you can go about getting involved with missions wherever you are in your healthcare journey. 
You can find a local free clinic in your community to volunteer at or take referrals from. If you're a student or resident, you can sign up to do an away rotation at a mission hospital or Christian clinic. You can also take a short-term missions trip. We offer many top-notch opportunities through CMDA's Global Health Outreach Ministry as well as Medical Education International Ministry. And you can find upcoming trips on our website by going to cmda.org gho as well as cmda.org mei. And truly, that's just the beginning. CMDA has numerous ways to connect you and equip you to live on mission each and every day. If you have any questions about how to get started, you can learn more through CMDA's Center for Advancing Healthcare Missions. You can find the center, or CAM as we call it for short, by going to cmda.org slash CAM, C-A-H-M. You briefly heard Katie talk about attending the Women Physicians and Dentists in Christ Conference and how that made a difference in her life and actually helped provide her with mentors to come alongside her. And so here's Jamie with more information about how you, as a woman in healthcare, can get involved. Ladies, this announcement is just for you. CMDA's Women Physicians and Dentists in Christ, known around here as WPDC, is an outreach ministry to provide resources for Christian women physicians and dentists to integrate their personal, professional, and spiritual lives. They encourage and support Christian female physicians and dentists as they share the unique challenges of their multiple roles. They do so by organizing an annual conference, weekend retreats, publications, mission opportunities, marriage enrichment weekends, and much more. If you're not yet involved, please visit cmda.org WPDC to learn more and to subscribe to the WPDC Pulse, their monthly newsletter. We can't wait to meet you. Well, you may have received a recent email that I sent out just this last week on Giving Tuesday about a special gift that we want to offer to our CMDA members. If you are a CMDA member, we just want to say thank you for your faithfulness to Christ, as well as this ministry of changing hearts in healthcare. There's still time for you to register to attend the special webinar with Dr. Ted Hamilton, who's talking about gifts for every season, love, joy, and peace. You heard Dr. Hamilton on the podcast just a few weeks ago, whom I lovingly called the godfather of physician well-being. He's going to give us insight on how you can navigate exhaustion and burnout during this Christmas season as you care for your patients, your family, and yourself. The webinar is Saturday, December 17th at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and you can register online by clicking the link in our show notes today. I sure hope to get to see you there. I hope you'll join me back here next Thursday as my guest is a visiting professor from Duke University. He's going to talk to us about organ donation, giving generously during this holiday time of year. As always, if you want to suggest a future guest for our CMDA Matters podcast, just email us at cmdamatters at cmda.org. And if you like our podcast, 
Would you be sure to give us a five-star rating and share us on your favorite social media platform today? I want to take a minute to thank our communications director, Mrs. Mandy Morin, as well as our sound engineer, Rusty Sluter, who's been working with me these last three years to produce CMDA Matters. And both of these friends who work at CMDA remind me of the Twyla Paris song, How Beautiful is the Body of Christ. It's beautiful when each part is doing its work to bring glory to the head of the body, our Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you, Mandy, and thank you, Rusty, for your faithful service each and every week to produce these podcasts. As I finish this episode today, let me share a recent testimony that we received from a CMDA student who said the following, the CMDA campus ministry has been an oasis to me, especially in medical school. To meet and pray and have fellowship with fellow believers has been such a godsend because I've been praying for fellowship and connection with other believers. I think the student's words and my conversation with Jake and Katie today remind us just how vital the fellowship and connection found within CMDA are to healthcare students and professionals across our country. I pray that you are developing strong relationships with others within the healthcare community. And as you leverage these relationships for ministry in the context of your own practice, you'll be bringing the hope and healing of Christ to the world through healthcare. That's what matters to CMDA friends, and CMDA matters today more than ever. We'll see you next week, God willing. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate. Mm-hmm.